And it takes faith to see that come. It takes faith to, to, to see that through. And so, God, I pray that you would help us this morning to believe in you, to trust in you, to obey you, even when it doesn't make sense and even when it doesn't seem like there's fruit from the efforts that we've put in thus far. God, I pray this morning that you would speak into our hearts and lives. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters who aren't able to be here today. God, I pray that you would touch them this morning, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever they need. God, I pray that you would be with them today. I pray that you would be with the people in this room. God, I pray that you would touch us physically, emotionally, spiritually, because you are a God that wants to provide. And I pray this morning that we would cling to that, that we would cling to you. And Lord, be willing to allow you to work and move in our life. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. And all God's people said, amen. Don't be seated yet. Don't be seated. I know everybody rushes to sit down. Read this passage with me, and then we'll let you guys be seated. Uh, This is our prayer we've been working through. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we have been working through the Lord's Prayer, and that's what what we just read is the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus, um, when the disciples came, they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. And this is just an example of how he, he wanted his disciples to pray. And today we're at the point where we're focusing on give us this day our daily bread. And today is not nearly as heavy or um, significant uh, perhaps is what the first few weeks have been leading up to this point because, you know, like our, our physical needs are important, right? I mean, how many of you have needs? You got needs. Everybody should be raising their hand right now. If you're not, you're not paying attention this morning, I will be a teacher and call you out. Um, but we all have needs and our needs are super important. But, but the reason why I say it's not as heavy is because as Jesus is praying, he's saying, listen, when you pray, this is how you should pray. And he starts off with um, acknowledging that you have a father, okay? And, and you remember we talked about in week one, everybody's experience with their father may not have been a great experience, but understanding that whatever you feel like you missed in your relationship with your father, our heavenly father is that and even more. And so even though we may not have had a good experience with our father, God is a perfect father. So acknowledging him as father is important. Also acknowledging where he is in heaven. To know that you, you, your desire should be to go to be with God where he is. And so if you acknowledge him as father, if you acknowledge where he is and the fact that that's where you want to go and so you can be with him is super important. And then if you're hallowing his name, and that's not just speaking the name of God or Jesus in reverence, but also living it out to where your life is hallowing God's name by the way that you live, the example that you set. It, so if you acknowledge him as father, if you acknowledge where he is, if you acknowledge him and you're, you're hallowing his name and you're praying that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, if you're doing all those things, then when it comes to the point of give us this day our daily bread, 
it becomes this very simple and easy request. And, and notice, like, in the prayer, there's not, it's not complicated. There's no expectation here. It's basically just like, just give us today what we need. It's pretty simple and cut and dry. And so as we focus on this, point number one, if you're taking notes today, um, I encourage you guys to write this down. Point number one is your heavenly father wants to provide for you. And that's super important for us to remember in our lives because as we're living life, you will have physical needs. We all have needs. You'll have physical needs. You'll have emotional needs, which can be lumped into the physical, and we'll talk more about that later on. And then you'll have spiritual needs. And it's super important to realize that God wants to provide for you for all your needs. And um, that's something that we need to remember and cling to. So I just want you to take, for example, how many of you got kids or grandkids? All right. What would you do if you went home today from church and your kids came up to you after church and they said, oh, mama, daddy, please, please give me just a little bite of something to eat. I know I'm not worthy. I know I didn't do anything to deserve this. I didn't work. I didn't pay for this. I know that I live here underneath your generosity and your grace and your mercy, but, but please, can I just have a little bit of food because I'm hungry and I just want to curb the hunger just a little bit. If you'll be so gracious as to let me have something to eat, would you please just give me something to eat? And they were begging you and pleading with you and saying all these things that sometimes you wish that they would understand and acknowledge. How many of you would be concerned? It would be super weird. You'd be calling me or Ashlyn or Timmy this morning and be like, what did you do to our kids at children's church today? Like, did you abuse them? What did, like, or, or you'd be calling your friends like, you need to send your kids to our church because our church is doing something right. That is not normal. When you think about your relationship with your parents, even like your relationship as being a parent to a child, just think about the, the amount of effort and energy you put into providing for them their basic needs, but also not even their basic needs, but giving them above and beyond their basic needs to things that they want and things that they desire. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wish you could see some of your faces right now. <laughs> it's great. There's a lot of effort that goes into that. There's a lot of effort and time and energy and sacrifice to make sure that kids have what they need and they even have what they want above and beyond. And, and so as you look at your relationship with your father, not just your earthly father, because think about this, our earthly fathers, they're human. They're simple. They're broken, just like we are. We as individuals, we're simple, we're broken. We cannot be everything that we should be because we're simple and broken, right? And so when you look at your heavenly father, that relationship right there, no matter how good it may be or even how bad it may have been, to understand that you have a heavenly father who loves you, who cares for you, who wants to provide for you, who wants to give, and not just give you what you need, but to even give you above and beyond what you need a lot of times. That's super important for us to remember because a lot of times we as people think that God is just so, he's so far away. I, I can't even explain how many times, like as a young teenager when I first began to believe in Christ and begin to follow him, how many times I just felt like God was so far away and he was so unapproachable and so unattainable. And so many times we come to God and we just grovel and we say, God, I know I'm not worthy. God, I know, please forgive me my sins. And it was just so long before I even felt confident even being a Christian 
that I was like felt confident in my salvation, felt confident in my faith with him. But there's not a single person in here today or listening in or watching or whatever. I don't know which camera's on right now. There's not a single person watching or listening today or who's present today that God does not want to provide for you. You need to know that. You, you need to write that down. You need to remember that. And, and I always say, you know, buy you an Expo marker. Buy you a Sharpie marker. Buy you something that's permanent. And you put that on your vanity mirror tonight when you go home. And every day when you get ready and you're getting out to go your day, you need to remind yourself that God wants to provide for me. But here's a problem. We're not always good children, are we? How many of you were good children growing up? Some of you. <laughs> Some of you probably think a little more highly of yourselves than you should. We're not great children. My kids, they're, they're going, I, you know, my kids are going to hate me because I'm going to use them as sermon examples from now on. But, it, but it's so easy to do. It's like when, you, when I think about my kids and I think about our desire to provide for them and give them what they need, it's really funny how our kids are so stubborn. And it's, they don't want our help. Like they don't want us to feed them good food they want to eat garbage, right? Any of you have that problem? They don't want you to give them a bath. They want to be disgusting. They don't want to get a clean diaper or learn how to use the potty. They want to wallow in their filth, right? And so as kids, they don't want you to help them. They don't want you to provide for them. And you know as a parent that is necessary. They need that. They have to have that. And so as you're providing for them, you think about how your child fights you in all those things and you go to war with them every day, making sure that they get what they need so that you can provide for them. And as people, we are nothing more than full-grown toddlers when it comes to God most of the time. To know that God wants to provide for us, he wants to give us the things we need, and at the same time, we resist him in so many ways. He wants to clean us up. He wants to give us healthy stuff, but we love junk food. Anybody struggle with that? My whole life, I would a whole lot rather have chocolate than anything else or ice cream. He wants to clean us up, but we want to be dirty. And maybe not necessarily the smelly kid running around with flies swarming us, but we would rather stay in our sin and in our filth than be brought out of it and be made clean. God wants to give us not only what we need, but he also wants to give us above and beyond. But as long as we fight him on it, he's not able to necessarily provide for us in the way that we need to. Because we do this song and dance every day with Perry. With getting him. Naomi loves food. She'll eat anything you put in front of her. We don't fight that battle with her. With Perry, it's, it's a two-hour marathon every day at supper. You sit down, you're going to eat. You're not getting up from the table until you eat. No, I want candy. I want M&M's. I want this, I want that. He does not want to eat. And so because we know what he needs, we're staying there with him until he gets it. And a lot of us are like toddlers. We fight God and we confuse our wants and our needs. We resist him a lot of times, but we have to be willing to let our father provide for us. And we have to be willing to let him provide both spiritually and physically. And whenever we say physically, I'm going to say mentally or mentally, emotionally and physically. That's all in one because it's all in a worldly way. But for you to understand this morning, God created us, all of us, to be needy. 
I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. God did not create you to be whole. If you were whole, you would have no need for God. God created you to be lacking so that you could need him and so that he could provide for you. And that's super important to remember because a lot of us are very prideful. We don't want God, we don't want the help. We want to do it ourselves. We want to make our own decisions and be our own place. And we get like kids where until we absolutely can't do it, then we cry for mom and daddy to come and help us and do this for us because we can't do this. But we don't want you to interfere with us as long as we can handle it. But once we run along with something that we can't do, now we want you. And we have to be careful in that because we are tempted to do that. But God wants to provide for us both physically and spiritually. And this morning, I want to encourage you and just remind you that God has already provided everything that you need to succeed spiritually. See, we are physical beings, right? You physical? You're a physical being, and you will have physical needs. But you're also a spiritual being. And the spiritual is more important than the physical. And I want to encourage you this morning to accept that you are a spiritual being because if you're not a spiritual being, then you will cease to exist. But because you are spiritual, you will have an eternal existence. Does that make sense? God created you to be a spiritual being. He created you to have eternal life, whether that's in eternity with him or eternity in hell. You are a spiritual being. And so first and foremost, he is He has done everything he can to provide for you spiritually and to set you up for spiritual success. And you need to cling to that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. It says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You with me this morning? Some of you need to hear this and hear it again, and hear it again, and hear it again. God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. You do not have to be stuck in sin. You do not have to be stuck in filth. You do not have to be stuck in anything that keeps you from the presence of God or brings separation between you and God. But he's given you everything you need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So God has called you to himself so that you could receive everything that he has given you to have a godly life. Verse four, and because of this glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises, all right? Eternal life being one of the main ones. Provision, not only spiritually, but physically being the other. God has promised all kinds of stuff. If you don't believe me, just go to Google and type in God's promises in Scripture. Thousands of passages of Scripture where God has promised many things to us as followers of him. But it says these promises, or these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Guys, You've heard so many people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I sin every day. I can't help it. We're just simple people, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't listen to anything else, focus in with me on this this morning. I'm not perfect. I have yet to meet anyone who's living a perfect Christian life. You with me? 
So I know that we're all broken and sinful people. That's easy to understand, right? We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. Even since we've given our heart to Jesus Christ, we have struggled and we've wandered away from God at some point in time. I understand that. But as believers in Christ, it is so important for us to understand God's word and cling to God's word and realize what all it teaches us and promises us in his word. And God's word says that he has provided a way for us to live godly lives, to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God has provided that way out for all of us. He calls us, you know, we read that passage of scripture a few weeks ago. If you will come out of the world, then I will come and I will dwell in you and I will walk with you. But you have to come out of the world. But God has given us everything that we need to bring us out of the world, to escape the corruption, to escape those evil desires. We do not have to live in filth and waller and sin. You with me today? That's hard because that seems impossible, right? How many of you are sitting here right now and you're just like, that seems impossible? It's like, in a way, even though I'm like saying this to you this morning, it seems impossible. Like, man, I'm never going to overcome this. I'm never going to grow beyond this. I'm never going to get past this moment or this temptation or this struggle or this whatever it may be in my life. I'm never going to be able to forgive this person, whatever. And it seems impossible. And that's when we are called by God to step out on faith in those times and moments and believe in him and trust in him and trust in his word that he has already provided everything that you need spiritually to succeed. God has provided everything that you need to forgive the most unforgivable things in your life. And as long as you sit here today and you say, I'll never be able to forgive them, you're never going to forgive them. But the day that you cling to God and you say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me. I need you to prepare me. I need you to lead me into this, way, into this mindset or this heart set of being able to forgive this person because I can't do it. And no, we can't do it, but through Christ, all things are possible. And we have to remind ourselves when it comes to things that seem impossible, that practically speaking seem like it can't be done, that we serve a God where all things are possible. And you serve a God who's already provided everything that you need for spiritually succeeding in this life. God did not create you with the intention of destroying you, but he created you with the intention from the very beginning to bring you into eternity with him. And these are things that we need to cling to. Because if we don't, we will always live a life of defeat. And it's not a matter of powerful thinking or some psychological thing where you're going to overcome all this stuff. You just need to remind yourself of the scriptures, remind yourself of the promises of God, remind yourself that through God all things are possible and that he has done everything through the promises of his scripture that you can spiritually succeed in this life. And we need to cling to that. But God has also promised to provide for you physically. And this is, uh, this is probably one of the most difficult things because, you know, we're spiritual beings, right? We're supposed to be focused on eternity, but at the same time we're physical. And physical needs have a tendency to come first in our life. And you even see that through the teachings of Christ. When Jesus came into a town or came into a place, what needs did he always address first? The physical he came in and he started taking care of people's feet. He healed the sick. He raised the dead, made the blind see, the lame walk, the dumb talk. 
He did all that stuff, and he even fed thousands of people. He took care of physical needs. So, so even though we're spiritual beings, we live in a physical world inside physical bodies where the physical tends to weigh on us and dwell on us so much more than all the other things. And if we're not careful, we can really focus too much on the physical and not really on the spiritual because we should be focusing on the spiritual and just trusting in God for the physical. <laughs> but in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, Paul writes and says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And, and this is like, I'm having to juggle a little bit whenever, whenever we're explaining this, okay? Because I fully understand this morning, there are some of you in this room, you may have physical needs. You may have financial needs. You may have emotional needs, relational needs, mental needs. There's stuff going on in our life where there's just all kinds of things in our life where we just need at any given moment in time. And whenever those needs aren't being met, we're not whole, are we? And it's hard to be happy and to be joyful and, and to really be worshipful in those moments when things are not being met in our life that we really just want to have, right? But it's very important to remind ourselves in these moments that God does want to provide for you. There are going to be times in our life where we have to do without, where there are going to be things that we think or feel or know that we need. You with me? There are going to be things that you even know that you need. You know it's a legitimate need. And God may have this time ordained in your life that you do without of that thing. Where you are called to step out on faith and trust in him and wait on him patiently to provide. And through those times of need, God uses those times to develop faith, endurance, perseverance, and those are times that you can come and really lean into God and rely on him and grow in your relationship with him. You with me this morning? So, and even today, as we talk about physical needs, there are times in our life where some of you are going to be blessed beyond even what you need. You with me? How many of you can think of at least one area in your life where you are blessed far beyond what you need or deserve? Most of us. Anybody in here got a need? This morning, got a need. We're blessed in some ways. We're needy in some ways. And when Paul talks about this, he says, then you always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. One of the greatest things that I remember uh, from, I'm pretty sure Dave Tolan, he's the director of missions at Southern Wesleyan University when I was down there doing some of my classes. And he was talking at a, um, a chapel one day at school and he, he, he was just kind of reiterating the fact of the fact that God has blessed us so that we can bless others. You with me? That's very simple. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But I want you to understand, God has blessed us so that we can bless others. God has blessed you so that you can bless others. God has blessed you so that you can be a blessing to others. And it's very important that as people, <coughs> we remember that we have not been blessed so that we can hoard and that we can store up. You with me today? Because Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where thieves steal and moths eat and rust destroys. 
Don't store, up, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. But for whatever reason, God chooses to bless people in different ways. But he does it so that we can bless others, so that we can share with other people. So theoretically, you, you still follow me today? Theoretically, even here inside Graham Chapel, let's just use our church as an example. There should not be a needy person among us. There shouldn't be. Now, I know that sitting here today, because we're not perfect, we don't always do everything perfectly, so I, I can imagine that there's at least somebody here today who's needy, and needy sounds bad. There's a need in your life. Does that sound better? Does that sound a little more acceptable? There's a, need, there's a legitimate need in your life, and it's not being met. And I want to encourage you guys today, if you're sitting in here today and you're saying, God has blessed me. God has given me more than I need, more than I can explain, more than I can even rationalize in my mind. He's not giving you that just because he wants you to have all this and he wants to rob everybody else of it. He's giving you that because God wants to use you and allow you to partake in his ministry to bless others. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. And what a blessing that is to be able to help God in his ministry to his believers. But when you look at the teachings of Jesus Christ, Jesus did not cling to his abilities. He did not cling to his powers. He did not cling to his ministry. He did not cling to his teachings. He taught freely. He taught the disciples. He taught all of his followers how to do the same thing. And he said, if you'll stay in Jerusalem, if you'll pray, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will do even greater things than I have done. Jesus was preparing his followers to not only do what he's done, but to do even greater things than he's done. Jesus didn't cling to this and say, no, I'm God. I'm God, so I'm going to get all the glory. I'm going to get all the honor. I'm the only person who's ever going to live who's going to be able to do any of this stuff. No, he gave it away freely because he wants his people to do the same things and even greater things than he's done. And so this morning, it's important as believers in Jesus Christ to understand that God has blessed us in some ways so that we can be a blessing to other people. That's a calling on our life. And so whether it's financially, or whether you have ample free time that a lot of people don't have, or whether or not you have the, these moments in your life where, and you, you may feel like in this moment, I, I got a friend, um, they're just, they're not married, they, they don't have a family, they're, they're just kind of like very frustrated about that, and I just keep reminding him, like, uh, I said, dude, don't, don't get frustrated. I'm like, you have something that a lot of married men wish that they had, time, freedom. Like, and in reality, it's like, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. I love them to death, wouldn't trade them for the world. But, you know, how many of you sitting around say, man, I just wish I had a little bit, of, a little bit of free time. Wish I had just, I didn't have the response. I wish I could just pick up and go here this weekend and just go camping and get lost in the woods for a week. I can't do that. It's not like that's important. You, you with me? It's not like it's important to go do that, but sometimes I just wish I could just like go get lost in the woods for a week. Even some of the things in our life where we feel like are great needs and we, we desperately just really want God to fill that void in our life, those are times that God can use us to be a blessing to other people. And so even though there's times in our life where we feel like we have this need, it could be a way that God wants us to use us to be a blessing to others. And you may be sitting here today and you have, God has blessed you in a lot of ways. 
that he hasn't blessed others and you can be a blessing to other people freely and give freely in doing that, whether it's time or financially or just helping around the house. Maybe God's given you some skills and some abilities that other people just don't have and you can be a blessing to other people. God wants to share that with you and what's cool is he'll reward you for it. I mean, isn't that cool? Like it's a calling on our life, like we should do it. But not only does he call you to do it and he wants to share that blessing with you, but he'll even reward you for it in eternal life, which is really cool. Remember, in his life, Christ freely received and he freely gave. You with me today? Christ freely received and he freely gave. And there's some of us in here today that we have a need in our life. There's something that we're lacking, something that we need, and we're too prideful to acknowledge it or let anyone know about it. And, and I, there's, there's somebody that, that I've been ministering to for the past several weeks, and, and their, their constant thing is, I don't want people to see me like this. I don't want to be a burden to people. I'm fine. And it's really hard to, to minister to them and help them because their attitude is not like, okay, I I need this. I need to receive in this moment in time. They're very resisting to that. Does that make sense? And so there might be a need in your life, but if you're resisting and if you're not letting people know and if you're not open to allowing other people to bless you, then it becomes really difficult to receive God trying to work and move in in your life and and to understand today that God's not always going to magically just drop something out of the sky to provide your need, but he might use one of his followers to help you and fulfill this need in your life. But you got to be humble enough to acknowledge it and be open about it and be humble enough to receive. A lot of people have a really hard time with that. I have a really hard time with that. It's very hard. I want to give. I want to bless others. That's the natural desire of my heart. There's a few times in my life where I've had to really be humble and receive. And it's hard. But that's a calling that we all have. But Romans 8, verse 32 It says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else that we need? God has not spared anything for us. God has given all. Jesus Christ gave his life. He's provided everything we need to spiritually succeed. He's promised to provide physical needs. And when you start looking at the prayer, it's very important to understand. It's like, give us this day our daily bread. Point number two, don't think too far ahead. This is a huge temptation and pitfall that Satan wants us to lure us into. And I can remember as a young kid, any of you ever take the test when you were little, like in elementary school, and it's kind of like assessing what you're going to be when you grow up? Anybody remember taking those tests? I remember taking them several times throughout elementary school, being in the old school down across from Bruce's house, and taking those tests and and just like, oh, you're going to be a fireman or you know, a a carpenter or a mechanic or, you know, something like that. And I can just remember as a kid, when I was six years old, the only thing that sounded cool was running into burning buildings or operating heavy equipment or swinging a hammer and tearing stuff up. Like, that sounded cool to me, right? All right, So, so there's so much effort in our lives, in our culture, to think so far ahead that a lot of times we lose not only the here and now, but really what God wants, And that's super important because I promise you, all those years I took those tests, not a single one of them ever said pastor. And if anybody who knew me back then said, nope, that kid's never going to be a pastor, 
he'll be in hell before he be a pastor. God has different plans than what we have. And a lot of times we cannot even explain it or think or comprehend what God wants to do in our lives. And it's so important, even whenever I got older and I started thinking and, and choosing, and I wanted to go to school. I wanted to be a, a teacher and a coach. I wanted to stay in sports. That, that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I did. I kind of did that and set my calling behind because of that, because I was seeking what I wanted to do. And guys, we have to be careful not to think too far ahead. Jesus taught against this concept regularly. Matthew 6, verses 31 through 34. It says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Are those important things? Yeah, you're a physical being. You're needy. Try going a few days without eating. Any of you ever been a few days without eating? It starts hurting. It's different. When you go a few days without eating, it's different. It's not just like, man, I hadn't ate since 12 o'clock today. I'm starving. You know, it's like, no, you go a few days without eating, it starts hurting. What are you going to drink? What are you going to wear? Those are important things. But look at verse 32. These things dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. It's not that those things are not important. You with me today? What you eat, what you drink, what you wear, they're all important. You're going to go home, you're going to leave church today. Many of you are already sitting here right now and you're salivating thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch, what you're going to drink. Some of you are like, man, I wish I could get up and go get a drink of water right now or a coffee because I'm thirsty and he won't hush. <clears throat> those are important. You probably spent 30 minutes, some of you ladies probably spent two hours deciding what you was going to wear this morning, changed about five times. All those things are important, but they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And so as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's not that they're not important, but it's just understanding and getting to the point in life where we realize that there are more important things to worry about and understanding that God will provide your needs. See, where am I? But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And when you look at the prayer, it's very simple. It's like, give us this day our daily bread. And that's the only thing it talks about. Because the, the trick is, is God already knows everything that you need. And as long as you're honoring him as Father, acknowledging him in heaven, hallowing his name with your life and your words, praying that his kingdom comes, praying that his will be done, God's going to provide all that stuff. And you have to have faith that he's going to. Verse 33, and this is Jesus teaching again. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. And this sounds too easy, right? It sounds too easy. Like it's just like, okay, be for real, James. Like you really expect us to just not try, to not care, just seek God we're just going to pray all the time. God's going to provide everything that we need, and we're just going to have faith, and we're going to do that and sing Kumbaya, and it, life's going to be okay. Like, <clears throat> think about what it means. Don't look at it from a worldly perspective. Don't look at it from what you can understand and what you can comprehend. Remind yourself that you serve a God that is far beyond your understanding, beyond your capabilities. Remind yourself that you serve a God that through him all things are possible. Verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring enough, bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. 
Jesus knows that our lives, physical life is hard. He lived it. That's one of the great things about our God is that he came down, he lived it. He understands how hard physical life is. He knows that today is hard enough on its own. All right? So let's be realistic. It's not sinful to plan for your future. You with me today? This is important. You need to check back in on this if you're, you're wondering, especially young kids, all right? It's not sinful to plan for your future. But the key word in all this is dominate. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or wear. And it says these things dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. So it's okay to realize what your needs are, and it's okay to understand and think about your future because Hopefully, we'll all be here a while, right? How many of you would like to come back next week? Be alive next week? Like, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I hope I don't go anywhere by next week. It's okay to plan for your future. It's okay to plan for things. <clears throat> at, at church, we, we try to plan for stuff about a year out in advance, at least, if not further. Because we know if we don't plan it, we can't communicate it, and then it's just going to fall on its face anyway. So we try to plan ahead out in advance, and most of the time, Our plans end up being changed, but we plan the best we can. It's good for you to plan in your future, but it cannot dominate your thoughts. It cannot dominate your minds. Your future, your physical future cannot dominate who you are. It can't dominate your heart, your mind, your soul. It has to be just a part of physical life. And to understand everything that's physical is going to come to an end. So when you talk about planning for your future, you should be planning for your eternal future, which is way bigger than your earthly future. You with me today? So when we talk about planning for future as a Christian, like you should be planning for your future, especially your eternal future, where you're going to spend eternity. But it's okay to plan for your physical future because those things are important too. But it should not dominate your thoughts or your heart. What should be dominating your thoughts and your heart is your God. Your spiritual needs, your spiritual life, how you can serve him, how you can honor him. Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 26, Jesus is talking again. It says, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is, this is so hard. Like This is so much easier said than done because many of you are sitting here and like, yeah, That's way easier said than done. I know that. Don't think for one second I haven't struggled with this in my own life in many ways, many times. Don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. You are spiritual. You are eternal. Don't get wrapped up in what you can see, taste, smell, feel, or acquire in this life. Think about what's coming Beyond that, verse 24, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Now, these are passages that we've read a million times. These are things that we've heard a thousand times through sermons and Bible studies and all kinds of stuff. But it's so important for us as believers to remind ourselves of these things and to cling to them. Because it is going to be a natural temptation for you. Because 
to worry and to be concerned about physical life and things and money and relationships and, and, and emotional stuff. All this stuff that's present in our life and we're dealing with every day, it's very easy for Satan to lure you in to worrying about those things and to not necessarily be worrying about godly things or spiritual or eternal things. And it won't necessarily feel like you're entering into sin by doing all that. You with me? Because it's going to seem very natural to worry about those things. And it will be. But we have to be careful not to fall into that trap. Because you are a spiritual being. And the majority of our time and effort, the focus, the dominating thoughts of our life should be spiritual. They should be. Point number three. Don't confuse your wants and needs. You got to be really careful in this. Don't confuse your wants and needs. Everything about us, a lot of times we, we just assume <clears throat> because we desire something or we feel like we need it, that it is automatically a need. We have to be careful not to confuse them and be open to allowing God to teach us and guide us in these things. Because what the world says is a need is not necessarily a need in the eyes of God. Yeah, I think about my own kids. Perry comes up. They're on a cheese kick here lately. I don't know why. How many of your kids eat? Any of y'all's kids just eat a lot of cheese? It's really weird. So Perry comes up. He says, I want three cheese sticks because I'm three years old. I'm just like, "Uh, let's do one cheese stick so we don't have to take you to the doctor because you're constipated from all the cheese you're going to eat. And to understand that in this moment, like, food is important. I want him to be healthy. I want him to grow. I want him to eat. You know, we fight with him eating all the time. Cheese isn't the worst snack in the world, but obviously eating a whole bunch of cheese can be really unbeneficial for you, right? And so like, like helping him understand, even though that's what he wants, he thinks he needs it and he pitches this big fit and then it's like, you know, you're battling with this. In Matthew 7, verse 11, Jesus is still teaching. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? (coughs) God wants to provide for you. And not only does he want to provide, but he wants to bless you. And I say that like, guys, I'm not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel teacher. Like, that's not me. Um, I don't believe in that junk. I, I just don't. And I'm not telling you today, if you give your heart and life to Christ, that you're going to be blessed, you're going to get money, you're going to get a car, a nice house. I'm not telling you that because that's not true. But what I am telling you is, is that if you commit your heart to God and you follow him, your spiritual needs have already been met. They're yours for the taking. Your physical needs will be met as God sees fit. And then there are blessings to come that God divvies out according to his will and his ways. And he chooses to bless some people in some ways and other people in others. And you don't ever know how God's going to bless you in your life and what he's going to give you and the talents and abilities and and all that extra stuff. You don't know how all that's going to play out and what God's going to do. But you have to go in it with the attitude of, God, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Bless me according to your will. And to be humble and submissive to him in that. And that's difficult to do because we're all sitting here thinking right now, if I, if I could have my pick of what, how God blessed me, this would be it. And you're already thinking of something in your mind that you would love to have, 
but it may not necessarily be God's will for your life. And I don't know about y'all, but through the years, I'm thankful that God has not always given me what I thought I wanted or needed. There's been so many times in my life where God has guided me and blessed me beyond what I could have ever thought or dreamed or expected. And I can't explain that. It's just from answered prayer to everything, things that I prayed in the past, from relationships to friendships to to financial, from from a job of, of being in in ministry, I cannot even explain to you how many times God has says, nope, this is where I'm going to take you, and all the things. And there's some of the things that I wanted growing up that God has given me. And I'm very thankful for those things. There's a lot of things that I was asking for and thought that I needed that God said, no, I have a different thing for your life that I want to give you and take you and show you, and I'm very thankful for that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. You know, at the beginning of the sermon, I said we're basically giant toddlers when it comes to God. And we are. Like we can't, you know, a kid has, Perry has three years of life to base everything else off of. Naomi has a year and a half, almost two years now. To base all of life off of, that's their understanding. And when you look at it from God's perspective, we... From in here, maybe 10 years old to 70 years old, somewhere around that age. That's all the knowledge, all the experience that we have to base our understanding of life and needs and desires and wants off of. And God has an eternity before time and an eternity after time, knowing all things, understanding all things, creating all things. And we just have such a small, limited amount of understanding to base our knowledge and comprehension off of we cannot see far enough into the future to really know what we want or what we need. Does that make sense? We just can't see it. And so for, as kids, even though like we want to provide them with their needs, we want to give them above and beyond what they need, but don't you know, if you give every, a kid every single thing that they ask for, you'll ruin them. You'll turn that kid into a monster. That kid will be, and more than likely, unless something amazing happens in their life and God transformed their life, they'll grow up to be a terrible adult if they spend their whole life getting exactly what they want, exactly what they ask for every time they ask for it. And so as parents, there are times in our lives where we deny our kids things because they don't understand what's truly beneficial for them, even though we know. And we don't give them everything, even though they want it. Even though you can afford it, you don't always give them everything they ask for because you know It's not beneficial for them to do so. And you serve a heavenly father who sees far enough into your future, far enough not only in your life, but in generations to come what you need and what you don't need. What will be beneficial for you and what will be detrimental to you. And closing out today, I want to read this last verse. Psalm 37, verse 25. I really like this because, you know, we, most of the time when we read about King David, we read about this young guy who's conquering nations, killing tens of thousands of people, um, preparing to build the temple, doing all this amazing stuff, and he's just very revered in Scripture. Yeah, he screwed up a lot. He had an affair, killed a man, murdered a man, and uh, had, took a census, caused a lot of people in Israel to die because he rebelled against the Lord. 
But we always read the stuff about him when he's young. But this psalm is from David whenever he's an old man. He, he's, he's growing older in age. He, he's, he's matured in a lot of ways. And this is what he says. Once I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. As an old man, he said, I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. And so as a kid growing up, <clears throat> first got saved, that I really struggled with what I was going to do with my life, where I was going to go. I kind of felt like God was leading me into ministry, and I didn't really know everything that was going to happen. But I just remember growing up, money was a big deal. It was very, uh, from some people in my life, it was a very big deal. It was promoted. I mean, it was, being, it was promoted as being very important, a very important aspect of life. And the profession you chose, the benefits that came with that, all that stuff was very much a part of that decision of, where you were going. And I can remember whenever I first got saved, <clears throat> um, I didn't really know how that like financially and things of the world translated into what it meant to be a Christian. But whenever I first started coming to church and I started looking around, <clears throat> one of the greatest things that convinced me in my life that following God was the right thing was seeing other people who were truly devoted followers of Christ. And I'm not talking about people who just claimed it. I'm talking about people who lived it. Like privately, publicly, like everything about their life exemplified God and exemplified the relationship with God. And as I watched them, there's something I began to notice. Number one, none of them were poor. That meant a great deal to me as a young person deciding whether or not I was going to stay with this thing or whether or not I was going to go because money was like promoted in, in my life with some relationships and it was, a, it was a big deal. And so one of the things that I took note of is a lot of people who were followers of Christ, who were legit followers of Christ, none of them were poor. Now, it doesn't mean that they were all rich. There's some of those people that I'm talking about right now who were not poor. They lived very simple, meager lives, but they had everything they needed. And what I noticed in those people is that even the ones who lived simple, meager lives, who didn't have a whole lot, they were much happier and much more satisfied and much more joy in their lives than a lot of other people I knew who had ample amounts of money and who did not live for Christ. So as a young kid, as I'm weighing this out, if I would have seen Christians, if I would have seen People following God who were poor and suffering, one of the biggest things I would have noticed early on is like, I don't want none of that. I don't want that life. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to hurt or endure that. I want to be able to be comfortable and provide and do all those things because as a young Christian, those were things that was rolling through my mind that I thought was still important. And so early on, it was easy for me to make the choice to follow Christ and give my life to him and not necessarily focus on the financial aspect or the monetary aspect of life. Because I was watching people who lived simple lives and who were following the Lord and I watched them and I saw their joy and I saw their happiness and I saw their relationship with God. And some of them were wealthy and some of them were simple and meager and I watched their kids and I watched their family interactions and it was all healthy and it was good experiences and it was positive. And, and I remember wanting that. 
And then I remember watching people who had money and I watched their family situations and I watched their children and how they acted. Because everybody knows what spoiled kids act like, don't you? And you know how people grow up who feel entitled and you start watching all those things. But as David writes this, he says, I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. And so I want to tell you this morning, even in my own life, people who truly live for the Lord, they may not be on the Fortune 500 magazine, the Fortune 500 list. They, they may not have their own private jet. They may not be driving Ferraris and Lotuses around the community and stuff like that. But they have everything that they need. They're happy, they're joyful, and God provides everything they need. And this morning, for every one of you here, you need to understand and remember and remind yourself, God wants to provide for you. God has promised to provide for you. He's already provided for you spiritually. He promises to provide for you physically. And he's also promised to bless you. But we have to step out on faith and honor him with our lives to seek him first. And all the other things that come along will be added unto us as we serve him faithfully and we don't necessarily know what those things are but we have to be willing to step out on faith and say God no matter what it is no matter what it may be I'll do it I don't care what it is I'd rather be happy I'd rather be whole I'd rather be filled with you I'd rather have a relationship with you I'd rather know where I'm going to spend eternity than have all the money in the world that's important that's an important place for us to be Let's pray together. Father, as we close out today, I just want to say thank you. <clears throat> I just want to say thank you for being the God who has already given all that we need. For a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who has all the money in the world, to be the God who can conquer nations without even using an army. Lord, we read about all these things in your word all these promises that you give us. Lord, today I pray that you would help us to cling to you, to trust in you, and to step out on faith. And Lord, in the weeks and days and months and years that we can look back and testify and proclaim and share with someone who's younger in their faith about how you worked and moved in our life and how you provided and how you, you did all these things that your word promised that you would do. Lord, help us to trust in you today. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.